Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Toole. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. I am extra excited for our guest today, Randy Robaugh. Randy is a photographer and field tech for C-SPAN covering Capitol Hill and the White House. He's traveled the country covering presidential candidates, former presidents, historians, and authors. I worked with him at my first television station on the Eastern shore of Maryland many years ago. And I can tell you, Randy is one of the best video journalists in the business. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How are things in DC? Hot right now. And it's cool here. So I, I miss the hot. <laughs> you know, you just there's there, the the East Coast humidity. You just can't. Uh, there, there's nothing yeah. like it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I remember those days. What almost I shouldn't say how long ago, almost 20 years ago now <laughs> that we worked together and, you know, yeah. wearing wearing the suits and trying to look nice for TV and the humidity just dripping <laughs> and you carrying the cameras and everything. Right? Oh, yeah. It was, and it was even worse because we were at the beach. So, you know, we had that you know, that beach sun is just brutal sometimes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So what made you decide to have a career in television news, you know, and specifically videography? So I took um, I was kind of um, in limbo after um, after high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was taking some classes, just general classes at a, at a community college, and I took an intro to broadcasting class and was hooked. The, the instructor was fantastic. Um, the way he taught how how everything works in a, in a TV studio, he just he had me hooked in in, in a minute, and that was it. I, I decided that's what I wanted to do, and the rest is pretty much history. Yes. And, you know, and unless you are in the industry, many people don't know that it's really the video journalists that actually make it all happen. <laughs> you know, well, it is teamwork, but it's, it's such a vital part. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it is, it's truly, it truly is a team effort. I mean, then, you know, you're responsible for your part and then somebody else is responsible for their part and collectively it makes this final product. But if you lose one of those components, your, your final product is hurt. Right. You were in local TV news. So as you had mentioned in Maryland, Pennsylvania, Baltimore for, mm-hmm. I think a little over 10 years. So how did you transition to C-SPAN? It take local news takes a toll on you. I think um, there's a lot of bad things that you have to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was, I remember the moment where I decided that I needed to make a change, which was a story in Baltimore. There was a woman that went missing and she was found two weeks later. She, she was, she was, she had died. And we called the family of this missing girl, this missing woman and asked if we could, you know, have some pictures, you know, it, the, the yeah. typical, what you do when there's a missing person and, and they're found, you, you call the family say, Hey, can we come talk to you? Do you have some pictures? Tell us some stories about the individual. And we did all of that. And they invited us over to their house and we were sitting in the living room while they were in the kitchen and they were planning the funeral with the, the funeral home. And we could hear bits and pieces and it was, they were very, very nice, very welcoming. But the moment that they asked if they could have an open casket and they were told no, because she had decomposed too much and they couldn't, uh, couldn't have an open casket and hearing them cry and wail. And uh, that was the moment where I said, okay, I need to make a change. And 
shortly thereafter, I started to, to look around and I just, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I didn't want to do local news anymore. In fact, I even thought about making a career change altogether. Um, but my hangup was I loved the business. Um, yeah. but there were just certain parts of it. I didn't want to deal with anymore. Um, and I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I had not really, I didn't really know too much about C-SPAN, uh, okay. until I started looking for a job and I saw the product that C-SPAN put on the air and I really liked it. And I thought, you know what, I need to keep an eye on this place and see if they have an opening. And eventually they did and everything kind of fell in place. That is great. What was the change like, you know, there from local TV news? I was sure it was going to be a big change because you're going from working in local news where you're, you have to get a package shot and edit it and get a live shot set up and get it on the air within a certain amount of time. Right. And several stories usually. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So went from this life of running around to a little bit slower pace, which is, which was very nice. You know, the one thing that, that I really enjoy is that everything is planned out. Yeah, that's C-SPAN. I mean, I think the last breaking news that we, that I covered personally was uh, when Steve Scalise was shot at the, the baseball practice before the congressional right. baseball game a couple of years ago. Right. And I don't miss it. I don't miss the, the running around, the running gun, as we call it, mm-hmm. um, going from one story to the next. You know, we come in, uh, we do our assignment, which can either be on Capitol Hill, or it could be at the White House, or it could be a, a think tank, and we do it, and that's it. We're done. Yeah, and and you know there is a lot of, I guess, breaking news happening in those spots or things you know that that are happening that way, but it's not like running around trying you know following the breaking news sort of thing. Right. I mean, you have enough people in D.C. that uh, I'll give you the I'll give you an example. Um, when Sean Spicer, now I can't remember did he resign or was he fired from his position. Um, leave resign. So when he resigned, you know, I happened to be at the White House covering the White House that day. So that became a, you know, that became the story of the day, but we didn't have to shuffle crews around. We already had somebody at the White House. So it's like, you kind of have people positioned in case there is breaking news so that when there is, yeah. there's not this crazy chaotic day. So when uh, Sean Spicer resigned, you know, we knew that we were going to have a busy day, but we were already there. We didn't have to fight traffic, find a place to park. Right. You know, all that stuff that we normally would have to do in local news for breaking news downtown or something, you know, we were already there and, and set and in place. Yeah. So a typical day, tell us what you do. So the C-SPAN's bread and butter is Capitol Hill, the house mm-hmm. of the Senate. So if we're covering a hearing, we'll no- normally come in three to four hours before the hearing is, to, is scheduled to start. 99.9% of the time we'll set up um, three cameras, depending on how big the hearing is, we might set up a fourth or even a fifth camera. Um, the big hearings, like the Benghazi hearing, the impeachment hearings, those were multiple, those were four or five, even six cameras sometimes setups. But typically we'll do a three camera setup and set everything up. We'll, we don't have to run audio, thankfully. You know, all the, all the hearing rooms have audio. Uh, mm-hmm. each, each senator or congressman has, um, has a microphone that they can turn on and off. So all we have to do is plug in and then we direct it um, on site and then we send it back to C-SPAN and everything almost, almost everything is fiber optic. So cabling is very, very easy. The infrastructure has been switched over from uh, copper to fiber, which makes life a lot easier. And we um, send it back and, and it will, if it's not live at that moment, it'll be, it'll air later on in the day. 
Um, but a lot of what we do, we try to air live, depending on how big the story is or how big, how big the hearing is. Sometimes we'll air it on multiple platforms, you know, the web or the radio or one of our three networks yeah. and um, make it as, as available for everybody. So you mentioned technology a little bit. How has that changed over the years? It's gotten so much better. Uh, yeah. The cameras have gotten smaller and lighter. The, the fiber optic that we use now is just is great. It makes um, cabling so much easier. I would say a good portion of the hill is has uh, the uh, fiber infrastructure that uh, makes our lives so much easier. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say the biggest change in technology is is transmission. You you don't see as many satellite trucks or microwave live trucks out there anymore because mm-hmm. a lot of people are using the bonded cellular technology to transmit, which are the live U packs or the the Gerno packs go pretty much anywhere in the world and bring the, as long as you have a cell phone signal, you can transmit back to your home base, which That's is crazy, pretty remarkable <laughs> right? compared and, to when we started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had that, that live truck in Salisbury that was a beast and, yeah. you know, 20 years later, we're walking around with backpacks to transmit. Uh. And some places we couldn't even go. I mean, obviously then if you had the satellite truck, but you still had to get, I mean, you still had to get a signal. It was, yeah. And also editing, right? I mean, the soft, it has gone from tape editing to digital. Yeah. I mean, everything is almost, everything is nonlinear editing, which um, is great. You know, you can, it's so much faster, I think, than tape to tape. And you can, you know, be a lot more creative than, than you can, than you could have been with the old days when, on DVC Pro and, and data. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you've been, you know, you mentioned some of it in the midst of lots of news happening in Washington, D.C. What are some of the events you've covered over the last few years that stick out? Let's see. Well, I was the Benghazi hearing. I was there for that. I was okay. I was there for both of the Trump impeachment hearings in the House. Um, wow. Yeah, so, the, I mean, those are pretty neat. I, think I mentioned the Sean's, uh, Sean Spicer uh, when he resigned, that was, that was a big day. Those are just some of the, some of the more public ones that I've gotten to be a part of, but there's other stuff that C-SPAN does. A lot of people might not know about us. You know, everybody knows about the Benghazi hearing or the, the impeachment hearings, but you know, C-SPAN also does uh, different series. And one of the series that I got to work on was uh, landmark Supreme court cases. And one of the cases that we did was Tinker versus uh, Des Moines and which is a free speech case that went before the Supreme Court. Uh-huh. And I got to meet one of the Tinker children and we went back to to his house and he took me through that whole day. Are you familiar with Tinker versus Des Moines? A little but why don't you give us a little bit? All right. So during the during the Vietnam War um, in Des Moines, Iowa, there was a family and the children, they wanted to wear armbands as as a form of silent protest against the Vietnam War. And John Tinker, we met at his house that he grew up in, in Des Moines. And he told me about the morning when he got dressed and, and he put the armband on and, and the last things that his dad said to him as he walked out the, the door. And then we went to the school where he went, sat, he showed me in the cafeteria where he sat and some kids were making fun of him, calling him a communist. And then the football team came over and said, look, let, let him go. He's fine. He's just, you know, he's doing his own thing. And then we went to the principal's office and where we sat where he was, was being talked to by the principal about he needs to take the armband off. Otherwise he's going to be suspended and just spending the day with him and reliving that experience yeah. was really 
awesome. And I did a, a story with them and, you know, that was one of the more memorable ones that I did. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, so that one sounds like, yeah, as you said, memorable, something that's not, um, that's memorable, but not in a positive way is January 6th, what happened. Yeah. And you were there that morning, right? Yeah, I was, I was there. Um, I was in the Cannon Rotunda in the morning doing interviews with um, congressmen, talkback interviews with somebody back in, uh, in, this, in the C-SPAN studio. We finished our interviews, finished the show, and left, went home. And I didn't know about anything that was going on until I got a text message from a, from a coworker asking me, um, you know, are you okay? And I'm what are you talking about? Yeah. And she sent some, said something along the lines of, you know, there's like a mob or something outside of the, outside of the Capitol. And I flipped on the news and I was just, I was speechless. And I still, sometimes I look at the images and still can't believe that that actually happened. Yes. Was everyone okay at C-SPAN? Yeah, we had some people that were um, locked down uh, with Kevin McCarthy for a couple of hours, and then they were um, evacuated to one of the congressional office buildings, and I think they had to stay in the um, Rayburn uh, House office building. I think they were able to get out of there about 10 o'clock at night. Wow, wow. Yeah. What's it like being right where, you know, this American political history is being made? I bet sometimes you don't know how big it is while it's happening, right? I mean, besides January 6th, obviously, but <laughs> other type of events. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And it's, it's interesting to, to think that when my son gets into high school and is looking at history books, um, yeah. you know, I'll be able to maybe say, I was there for that, right? or I was there for that. <laughs> And that's kind of a cool feeling. That is. I mean, you're in, a lot of times you're in the White House too, right? I mean, in the rooms of the president? Yeah. Um, haven't been there in a little over a year because of COVID. Right. Um, but pre-COVID, yeah, I was there once or twice a week usually. You go into, sometimes you go into the Oval Office for um, a, an announcement of some sort. Sometimes you're in the East Room or the State Dining Room and, um wow. Yeah. And the majority of your time you're, you're sitting in the briefing room waiting for something to happen. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. And it's, it's still, when you walk through that gate, after you go through security and you're walking yes. up the driveway towards the West wing, it's still a pretty incredible feeling to know, you know, I'm walking up to the driveway to the white house. That's yes. pretty freaking cool. Yes. In college, I interned with NBC at the White House, and I just remember, especially being in college, just how surreal it all is. So, and I can't imagine that that gets it doesn't get old. Probably, <laughs> no, know? it doesn't. And I, I know that there's been a couple of times where I was in the cabinet room or some or uh, the Roosevelt room, and you just kind of think, wow, there's a lot of history about you know things that have happened here. And you know, I remember the first time I was in the East uh, the East Room which is, you know, that's really had, um, Kennedy was, was, was there, um, LBJ signed the bill of uh, civil, civil rights law there. And you just think about all the history that happened in this room. And, you know, here I am, uh, you know, getting to see some of it. And I'll tell you the, the, one of the greatest things about covering the white house is getting to witness a medal of honor recipient, give mm-hmm. it, be given his award or given, given his medal. And, seeing just the the amount of respect that is given to that individual um when they when they get that medal and the round of applause and to hear the story it's just they're you know i just want to 
Neil Damon, like, I'm not worthy to be able to <laughs> right. with this person. You know, the what this individual did to to, uh, to receive this award. And, you know, here I am, you know, 15 feet from him. I just, sometimes it's very surreal. Wow, I, I can imagine. So, you know, something else is there's been a lot of negativity towards journalists in recent years, you know, more so than ever before, at least in recent history, especially in the political realm. You know, what has your experience been like and how have you dealt with that? I've been very lucky, believe it or not. Um, the first event that I did with after Trump became president, it was a um, it was a rally in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I wasn't sure what to expect. And by that point, he had been president at least probably maybe a year and some change. And um, a lot of the uh, anti-media rhetoric had really, really kicked up. And I was a little bit nervous going to it. Not sure how his supporters, how I was going to be treated by his supporters. So I decided to cover myself head to toe and turn into a a walking C-SPAM billboard. Okay. you know, I had the, the shirt, the hat, the jacket. I had, you know, C-SPAN stickers on the camera, on the tripod, you know, anything that I could put a, a sticker on. I tried to put a Do you have a photo on. of this? I need to see. <laughs> I, I don't think I do, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, me but, um, <laughs> um, the The way I was treated by his supporters was amazing. And, and it, it was a trend that I saw from all the other um, Trump events that I covered after that, where I heard almost exactly the same thing every single time, which was, we love watching the president speak on C-SPAN. Hmm. And I would, uh, why, why do you say that? They said, because you show the president speak and that's all we want to see. We want to see him speak. We want to hear what he has to say. We don't want to hear commentary. We don't want to hear opinion. We want to see him speak. And that's it. Everyone says, and C-SPAN is the only one that does that. And that's what we want to watch. And I was treated very well by everybody. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's great that people realize that about C-SPAN, you know, because some on both sides see see some outlets as biased and others not, you know, so right, that is, right. that's, that's And terrible. that was, you know, that ranged, the, the people that I talked to would talk to at these events. I mean, they were, you know, as young as, you know, 18 or 19, maybe, and, and as old as somebody in their 80s. I mean, it was, then yeah. it was, it was almost always the exact same thing, which is we want to watch the president speak and you show the president speak from start to finish. And that's what we want to see. Yeah. So have you continued wearing C-SPAN gear when you're out in oh, everywhere? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I will cover myself as much as I can in C-SPAN gear <laughs> just so that I stand out. Um, and you know, it, it's, nice to stand out from everybody else and, and, and then hear those positive uh, words back from somebody who might dislike me because of where I work or where I don't work. Right. Have you seen it happen other ways with other journalists around you? Thankfully, I've never seen or witnessed it. I've just, I've heard stories, but I've never, I've never witnessed it. That's good. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you, you know, pre-COVID traveled a lot with C-SPAN, hopefully again, yeah. right? <laughs> once, yeah. we're, once we're better, but uh, tell us about some of those work trips. You mentioned the one that you went through. I know you've said one day you had planes, trains, and automobiles all in one day. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed um, my, uh, my, my flight home. I can't remember. I think I was flying home from Kansas. My, the parting flight out of Wichita was delayed. And then I got to, I, I ended up getting to Philadelphia, but I still had to get to B, BWI or, or DC. I can't remember which. 
so yeah, I ended up taking a train someplace and then I had to take a cat taxi to the car or something. Yeah. That was <laughs> one of those days. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've been very fortunate that I've gotten to do a lot of traveling and I got to go to Alaska for two weeks, which was incredible. Wow. Um, that was part of our C-SPAN did a, um, uh, a tour of all, all 50 state capitals. I and mean, they took the C-SPAN bus to That's when you were in Indianapolis for it too. Exactly. Right. 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 Well, we got to, to hang out for a little bit. Um, but yeah, we went to Alaska and that was an incredible trip. And then the trip that I, I was talking about earlier with the, uh, the Tinker versus Des Moines, yeah. everything that went along with that trip, that was really interesting. It's been crazy. And back in the fall, I covered the, uh, the debates and oh yeah. so I was in, uh, Salt Lake city and the plan was for me to drive from Salt Lake city to the next debate, which was in Miami, Florida. And so I got to drive, you know, through Nebraska <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was beautiful, such a beautiful drive. And then once I got to about St. Louis, I think is when I found out that um, the Miami debate had been canceled. So I ended up heading West or heading East back home. Right. Uh-huh. But yeah, that was, that was an incredible drive that I got to, I got to do. That was, that was the, the country out in that part of the, of America is just, is fantastic. Yes. What advice do you have for budding TV news photographers? Hmm. Be flexible, be willing to sacrifice a lot, mm-hmm. be willing to learn something new and embrace technology. And if you can do all that and you're good at what you do, it's totally worth it. Yes. Yes. Be willing to start off with not a lot of pay. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I think there's a mis, uh, mis, um, misconception that when you start in this business, you're, you're getting paid a lot of money Yeah. and you're really not. I mean, you, you're, you're really your first couple of years in the business, you're, you're really pinching pennies and trying to make ends meet. But if you can stick it out long enough and it, it, it pays off in the end, but it is, you do have to work hard and sacrifice to, to get there. Yes. Yes. So what's next for you? What are you looking forward to over the next few months? I don't know. That's I'm, I'm hoping that COVID continues to go on the decline mm-hmm. and we can get back to, um, to something a little bit normal. I, I, I hope to get back uh, to the white house soon. I hope to start traveling again. It seems like uh, presidential elections start earlier and earlier. And, you know, there's already a few people that are testing the waters. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it's like, man, I, I, I can't wait to get back out there and, um, you know, talk to people and meet people and just see the country, see more parts of the country I haven't seen yet. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Randy. It is always great to talk with you. I miss our time working together. Doesn't feel like it was that long ago. <laughs> Can you believe it's been almost 20 years though? I cannot. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah, that dawned on me today. Um, it's been 20 years that I've been doing this, almost 20 years that I've been doing this. And, uh, I swear, last weekend, you and I were in Rehoboth covering a story. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. Absolutely. That's all for this episode of Media in Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined, available anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time. <laughs>